today on It's Time. Paul is not saying women are less. There is a respective role that we need to be aware of when we deal with the things of God. I hear the calling, it's time. It's time. It's time. Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today, we're going verse by verse through the book of 1 Timothy. So, turn there in your Bibles as we join Pastor Mike. If you have your Bible, I can encourage you to open them to the book of 1 Timothy chapter 2. 1 Timothy chapter 2. And here we find that Paul, the aged, is writing to a young minister, a friend of his, son in the faith, he calls Timothy. And in this, he writes to him the things that he needs to be mindful of. Now, Timothy really wanted to leave the town that he was in. But Paul says, no, you need to stay because you're going to be a good influence there in directing people in God's best ways. And so we, when we left off last week, we were getting into the relative roles within the church. It starts, first of all, with the man, then the woman, then we find the government, the church governments, as we move into chapter 3. Let's pray. Father, as we go to your word today... May these words not be offensive, but may they make sense to us that there is an order to everything that you do. Not random things just popping up and doing things, but God, that you have a purpose, a plan, and a design for everything that happens. And so now as we spend this time studying your word, may your Holy Spirit speak to us, cause us to understand these things. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, 1 Timothy chapter 2, we find where we left off last week that in verse 8, we find the role of really guys. And he says here, Therefore I desire that the men pray everywhere, uplifting holy hands without wrath and without doubting. This is really kind of a man's role, to pray everywhere all the time. If you're in prayer, you're not going to get yourself sideways. Somebody said one time, well, how do I, how do I, I, I live in, a, in, in, in the spirit by prayer? Because what happens with prayer as you talk to God, and this is an inevitable thing, God will talk to you. And I always love that because sometimes I recognize that I'm telling God a lot of stuff that he already knows. God doesn't mind that. I feel better when I do that. But really, I always want to leave that time for God to speak back to me. Always remember, prayer is not just us talking to God, but it's God talking to us. And that, when God talks to us, re enforces his purpose for our life and encourages us to be about his business. And so therefore, when he says, I desire that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and without doubting. I talked a little bit about this last week. 
You'll notice sometimes in prayer, during the worship, we'll lift up hands. Sometimes you want to give God something uh, like this. Sometimes you want to receive something from God like this. Sometimes our, our body language speaks pretty loudly. I don't know if you ever noticed this, but um, they say that only 7% of what you say is what you're really saying. The rest is in verbal attitude and body language. So really, 7% of what you say is what you're really saying. The rest, more than almost um, 90%, is in your verbal attitude and in your body posture. So when, you, when somebody would come to you and say, is it okay if I do this? And you're going, yeah, okay. Well, that automatically tells you the answer is no. Well, again, he's telling us here that we need to be sincere in what we're saying without doubting. Verse 9, also that women adorn themselves in modest apparel with propriety and moderation, not with braided hair, gold or pearls or coffee clothing. What, it's, what he's saying here simply is this. Ladies, let your beauty be on the, on the inside. Uh, and again, I think that all of us recognize this. I don't think this is any surprise to any of us that we need to be careful of being in the fads of, of life, the trendy things, what's hot, what's not, the Gucci, all those things. Because God looks on the inside. And what attracts people to Jesus is not the outside, but it's the inside. That's what you don't find in the world. Anybody can put on a lot of, a, a, a lot of fancy things, guys or girls, and, and, and fool them all until w- what they really are really is revealed. And then you realize there's not much there. So he's saying, let your, literally your beauty be on the inside, not after the outside which is proper for women professing godliness and good works. So really, that's really where true beauty lies. Let a woman learn in silence with all submission. Now this is interesting, and if you don't understand the culture in which this was written, it would seem like Paul is almost a chauvinist here, but he's not. If you go to Jerusalem, Israel today, and you go to what was called and called the Wailing Wall, or now called the Western Wall, it was called the Wailing Wall before because the Western Wall was in the Arab sector of the city of Jerusalem. But after 1967, the Jews were then, when they conquered the entire city of Jerusalem, now they were able to go and make their petitions. It's what they often call the last remaining wall of Solomon's temple. And they will go there and they'll write their prayers on a little piece of paper and then they'll shove it in the cracks of the rocks. And if you go there, you see these bricks and then you see all these little pieces of paper. Uh, But what's amazing, there is the men's side of the wall you go to and the women's side of the wall. Well, evidently what was happening here at the church at Ephesus and maybe some of the other churches was that they would, women would still sit on one side, the guys would sit on the other, or the men would be on one side and the women might be in the back. And so he was saying that um, literally, uh, let your women women learn in silence. Um, so in other words, if uh, 
the rabbi or a priest or the, or the pastor was bringing a message and um, uh, he would say something and she didn't understand, George, what does that mean? And they were cackling back and forth from what we can tell. So he said, your women need to learn in silence. Also, it may very well be that they were in the back, in the back of the building, talking about down at the down at the uh, swap meet, what, who had the best mangoes on sale. We don't know all that was going on, but this is what they believed was actually going on here. Because uh, again, there was disruption in the the church. So let a woman learn in silence with all submission. Now, verse twelve, he goes on, and this is hard. For some people to understand, I read one commentary and, and what was said was, I wish that Paul had not wrote this in the Bible. But this isn't really a teaching of the Apostle Paul. This is a teaching concerning the Old Testament and the priests that were, as well as when we get into chapter 3. And it's extremely important that we understand the context, otherwise people will misinterpret what we're reading today. Again, um, the context of what is written in the Bible is important as what we are reading in the Bible. And so what was the parameters that were around it? Well, he says, I do not permit a woman to teach or to have authority over a man, but to be in silence. Now, first of all, we have to look at this. I do not permit a woman to teach or to have authority. Now, in other places in the New Testament, we find uh, Paul says that the elder women or the women that are been Christians for a while need to teach the younger women. So there's nothing wrong with women teaching women and occasionally women teaching men, not in usurping their authority, but informing them. I think a lot of times men could learn a lot uh, from a woman how Maybe they need to be treated, and maybe it's not a bad thing to open a door for a girl every once in a while. Maybe what we call this old dinosaur word called chivalry. And that's where we show manners. This is part of the problem. In fact, we find respect for one another has literally fallen off, and we become almost uh, in anarchy in our societies today concerning everything. I don't know if you've noticed, but our society at large has no respect for law enforcement. In fact, we really saw this manifested back in the late 60s, early 70s, when police were called pigs, if you remember that, and how that caused quite an uproar. But we find it all the way across the line. We find no respect for authority. We don't find any respect for really anything anymore. And now, unfortunately, in the football games, we don't even find respect for these players that are making one, two, three, five million dollars a year, any respect for the country that gave them that opportunity to make that money. And by the way, they're really suffering for it. I used the acronym one time, NFL, not for long. The problem is, is that people have just kind of, and, and every once in a while, you know, they're showing the game and they're showing the players and every once in a while they'll do a mistake and they'll swing the camera up and you'll see the stadiums empty. Why? People didn't buy the chili. See, the problem is we, we live in a society today that has no respect for anything. Now, people don't have any respect for God. In fact, I've noticed this more and more as I, 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 I oftentimes will share my faith in different places at different times. And, 
And they'll go, well, you know, I got my big buddy upstairs. Well, first of all, yes, he is a friend, but he better be more than just a buddy. He better be that one that you recognize is your king, priest, and prophet. You better recognize his authority in our lives. And so, have you ever, I don't know if you've ever heard of this. Well, me and my big buddy upstairs, we got a deal worked out. I'm going, whoa, let's make a deal. Okay, what is the deal you made with God? Well, you know, I let, he lets me do this, and, you know, I put a few extra bucks in the offering. Is God impressed with that? Well, first of all, no. God doesn't need our money. What God needs is us. You see, again, to be about our Father's business is what God's called us to do. And you will find in your life, as in everybody's life, I generally find as I listen to so many people with their testimonies, there'll be times in which you walk with God and you're hot. You're hot as a firecracker. Man, you're doing everything. You're reading your Bible. You're sharing. Boom, 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 boom. And then things come along and all of a sudden we wax wane a little bit. And the Bible tells us and warns us about that because the thing is, is that a little leaven leavens the whole lump. It doesn't take a lot of sin in your life to change your viewpoint of the way you look at God and look at others. That's what the Bible talks about. That little leaven leavens a whole lump. And it's hidden. You don't see it at first, but it will have its effect uh, in time. So that's why the Bible uh, encourages us that today is the appointed day of salvation. Um, this is when we want to see, when we start seeing that, we start seeing that. And remember this, just because you have an opportunity to sin doesn't mean you should even consider it. The devil will go over time to provide opportunities for you to sin. Why? He wants to destroy you. And this is the way he works. And so the thing is, we have to be aware of the wiles of the enemy. And we have to be aware of how he works. And God has ordained in the church the order in which things are to be done. Now, one of the things we find here, and we go back to this in verse 12, I do not permit a woman to teach or to have authority over a man, but to be in silence. Now, Again, not to ever say anything, but it means in fellowship, but it says not to have authority over a man. This is where and why there are no biblical recognized women pastors. And here's why. It is not found in the Old Testament. You find no women priests in the Old Testament. You find no women pastors in the New Testament. People might say, well, what about Deborah in the Old Testament? I'm glad you brought that up. The Bible is one of the greatest liberators of women that the world has ever seen. In fact, up to the time of the Bible, women were traded like cattle. But the Bible liberated women. And not only did the Bible liberate women, but you know, the Bible never prohibits a woman from being involved in, in government never uh, prohibits a woman from being involved in business. If you read uh, Proverbs chapter 31, the Bible talks about an industrious woman, gets up early, makes sure kids are clothed well, runs a business, all these things. So God says women should be in business or can be in business. <clears throat> the Bible also says women can be in government. And that's who Deborah was. She was one of the judges in Israel. She was never a priest or a prophet. She was a judge. 
Somebody might say, well, what about Priscilla and Aquila? Priscilla the girl, Aquila the man. Well, the man was the one who had the responsibility of teaching the Bible. Priscilla, his wife, encouraged him and helped him. So we don't find any inconsistencies, Old or New Testament. And so again, he says, I do not permit a woman to teach or have authority over men. But Mike, maybe this is part of that, that, that cultural issue that was in the uh, time of, of the Romans and the Greeks. And, and so therefore, now that we're in the 21st century, well, we're all the same. Well, first of all, friends, I don't know if you've looked in a mirror, but men are not the same as women. Now, I know this is a real problem for our 21st century America when we don't even know what bathrooms to go into anymore. But the Bible clearly says that he made them male and female. That's great. That's good. God's design. We're not only physically different, we're just different. But that doesn't make us less or women less. Now, what does it say here? He says, for Adam was formed first, then Eve. So first of all, we have the order of creation in which God created everything. Now, I know a lot of the gender-neutral Bibles like to come along and remove any reference to God being he. That's improper. Stay away from any of those kinds of Bibles. They are wrong. But when we look at this, we find Adam was formed first, then Eve. So that is the first thing we find, the order of creation concerning male and female. The second thing we find here is that, but the woman being deceived fell into transgression. Now, the Bible tells us, if we go back to the book of Genesis, Eve was deceived. Do you know what? They both sinned, doesn't it? Adam was deceived as well. But the difference between Adam and Eve, in their sin, Eve was deceived. Adam willfully knew what he was doing. Now that's dangerous if you have somebody in the nature that can be deceived. Do you know that's kind of an ongoing thing in the, in the mentality of people? Uh, and you've heard this many times, a, a lady will take her car down to have it uh, not running right, and she'll take it down to the repair shop. And they say, well, the, the guy seeing she's a girl knows she can be, well, you need a new uh, canooting rod journal and a Stratus Fast hooked onto the, 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 you know, and they make up a bunch of stuff. And, oh, really? Okay, whatever. Here's your $3,000 bill. But a guy goes in there, well, they don't know. This guy could be a mechanic. We better not be making up stuff like Johnson Rods and Stratus Fastles, all that kind of stuff. Uh, you need a set of spark plugs. Well, that's the problem. See, the, the, the Bible tells us that women can be deceived, and they were by Satan's slippery tongue. If you look at history, you'll see how many cults have been started by women, whether Mary Baker Eddy or, or many of these other words. Um, you'll see that, that I personally believe that women are more sensitive to spiritual things than men are. In fact, I believe women are more sensitive in general than men are. I've noticed this as I watch families down through many years, I see it in my own. Kids will be running down the sidewalk. Johnny will fall and skin his knee. 
Mama goes, oh, come here, I'll pick you up. And, I'll, and they hug him, and they, you know, oh, and it's bleeding a little bit, and they'll take out. A, and the guy goes, ah, he'll be all right. That's, guys are just kind of calloused. You know, it's interesting. We're both vessels. The Bible says we're vessels that contain. Um, I, I picture uh, guys as a cracked beer mug. You know, we're there, you know, it's crusty, it's, we don't care. Women are like a beautiful crystal vase. Now, they don't contain as much as a, a mug does, but what they contain is precious. And there's a, there's a difference. And to say, well, these are both the same. No, they're not. They're not the same physically. They're not the same what they can contain and what they do. One you put on a table with flowers. The mug, you want to hide that. People go, ooh, what's that? Well, that's the way I believe it is a lot of times. So Paul is not saying women are less, but there is a respective role that we need to be aware of when we deal with the things of God. So he says, Adam was not deceived, but woman, being deceived, fell into transgression. Now, again, what is noteworthy in the Bible, it never cites Eve as being the one that, that, that ruined man. It, it, in fact, you'll go up into Romans, I believe it's chapter 5. It, it, says, it says that the first Adam sold all of human into slavery. The second Adam, speaking of Jesus Christ, redeemed us all out of it. So what does that mean? Well, it tells us that really the blame for the fall of man is not Eve, but it's Adam. But yet it says, and, and it's because I believe it was willful disobedience concerning Adam. Now, this verse, next verse, is really interesting. I read a lot of commentaries on it. I've looked at this verse for probably 40 or 50 years myself in, in reading the Bible. This is one that's always puzzled me, and there's a lot of different explanations for it. Nevertheless, she will be saved in childbearing if they continue in faith, love, holiness, with self-control. The first thing we have to conclude is having babies does not make a woman born again. So the word saved here does not mean to become born again. Where the Bible talks about being saved, the word here for being saved is not speaking about being born again. The actual Greek rendering, I'll just read it. It says, nevertheless, she will be saved in childbirth if they continue in love, faith, holiness, and self-control. What is that? Well, some people believe because the context of what is already being stated, and let's go back one verse, Adam being deceived. Where are we at? We're in the garden. Okay. What is interesting is God made Eve a promise that through her, i.e. childbearing, all the world would be blessed. There would be one that would come that would bruise Satan's head. Now, the Bible says he will bruise his heel. That's a, that, you'll, you'll recover from a heel wound. But a wound to the head is fatal, and, the, and God says... Through you, Eve, you're going to have a child that's going to bruise Satan's head. It's going to take him out. Some people equate this verse 
to that, that nevertheless, she will be preserved in childbirth. And again, going down to the history of ages, if they continue in faith, love, holiness, and self-control. Subsequent childbearing will bring about and had brought about the Messiah and all of us here today. I think that's a pretty good and I think it's a pretty reasonable explanation for it. Thanks for joining us on It's Time as Pastor Mike teaches verse by verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening and tune in next time for It's Time. It's Time.